Radio Influence. The future is now. You've seen Chef Brian Duffy on Spike TV's Bar Rescue, NBC's Today Show, and opening bars and restaurants all over the world. Now he's sharing his stories, his friends, and some tips of the trade he's learned along the way. Prepare yourself to get Duffified. This is Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. Good morning, everybody. It's Friday, Duffified Live. Thank you. Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm super excited to have everybody here again this week. I hope you guys have liked the last couple of weeks. We've had some good shows, man. I really enjoyed it. Last week, uh, uh, you know, we uh, we had Dave Elger on uh, for a couple weeks there. We had a lot of fun with him. Um, heading up to Nightclub and Bar which is uh, where we're going to be this week. So right now uh, you guys are listening to this and I am in Vegas or at least heading to Las Vegas. Let me double check my date here. Um, 23. Yeah. I'm getting ready to head out to uh, Vegas right now. So I'm going to fly out tomorrow morning. Um, And this is for the nightclub and bar show. So this is the largest nightclub and bar show in the world. Um, Figure about 45,000 people come through Hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of vendors show up at this show, uh, which is everything from emerging brands, uh, which is put on by my buddy Dave Elger, who you guys already listened to last week. Um, Big Dave got to hop on. Uh, we talked two weeks ago. We talked to him a little bit about what it was like, uh, you know, getting everything set up and all that fun stuff. He was a good. He was he's a good fun guy. You should try hanging out with him. You think he's kind of crazy on air. You should try hanging out with him. He is, uh, he's a little over the top, which is one of the reasons why I love him. But so the show itself is pretty massive. It is the largest nightclub and bar show in the world. About 45,000 people show up for the show. Um, again, like I already said, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, of vendors are out there. Everything from uh, uh, new brands, you know, emerging brands, uh, boozes and, uh, you know, all different types of booze that you guys haven't tried before, um, different flavors of stuff, as well as some really neat distilling methods that happen out there. There's also a craft beer pavilion, which is really to bring light and bring uh, kind of bring a focus onto some of the new beers that are coming out from all over the country. Um, there's a, any, uh, just a tremendous speaking session that happens during the whole uh, Monday. Monday is like the speaking seminar day. And this is the day where I always tell people, if if you don't go to anything else at the show, you really, really should have to hop into um, the seminars, all of the workshops that go on. Um, it's kind of like a, a continuing education, if you will, for different stuff. Like here's a couple of different funky things that we've got. Like Monday starting at 9 a.m. is design your bar, bring your drawings and plans, training coach your staff to become better service and sales, crucial food cost controls for maximum profits, creating a cocktail program that fits your venue. For anybody who's not in the industry, you're probably like, what the fuck is this? Why am I listening to this guy talk about this stuff? Because it's super cool. It's really neat stuff um, to get in to get involved in. There's a lot of great stuff that goes on during these sessions um, that you guys can learn a tremendous amount from. Um, if you get into town on Sunday night, uh, my suggestion is usually kind of hang out, go and check some stuff out. It's kind of fun. Um, definitely head out Monday night after the uh, the party, uh, the opening party. Um, Hakkasan Nightclub at the MGM does a huge thing with Sounds by Party Favor. That's 1030 until 2 a.m. Um, that's a big, big, big party that goes on. Um, 
And then going into Monday, we've got all these different sessions like we were talking about with these different vendor or the different guys that are out there talking. Stop pouring money down the drain, the drain, improve profitability, bang, bang, how to kill social media and brand your business, meeting the millennial management challenge, bar entrepreneur, how to leverage interactive experiences to drive guests, sustainability and cocktails. Um, there's a lot of stuff that goes on. I have one out there that's called um, your menu's out of date. Now, what are you going to do? Okay. That's like the big thing for me is, is I talk about how to update your menus. It's a lot of fun. And within my, my consulting business, that's a lot of my clientele is just updating my clients menus, moving forward with doing stuff like that. And you know what, there's a lot that goes into that. And, And if you're unable to do it on your own, which there's a lot of great tools that you can use to do that from asking the current guest um, pool that you already have to talking to your staff, to doing seminar or doing, um, you know, online polls and stuff like that. Like, what would you like to see on our menu? It's amazing to me that people don't ask their guests that more often. It's one of the things that I am a huge fan of is really involving the guest, getting them in and finding out what it is that they think. And there's a big part of that that happens that you guys should really be doing if you're in the industry and again, this is not just an industry show, but it's one of the things that I talk about because gum a shift. That's what I do. Um, talk to your guests, find out what it is that they like. Um, do surveys with them, get comment cards put out on the table. So those comment cards, they should not be asking people for their email. They shouldn't be asking people for their birthday or their anniversary or any of that stuff. This is not a marketing ploy to get more information for your, um, for your, uh, for your email database. Okay. This is an opportunity to say thank you to the guest by giving them whatever, 10, 15%, whatever you want to throw back at them. Um, for just coming back into the business, but they need to answer questions first. Like, what do you think of the ambiance? What did you have for dinner? How was your dinner? How long did it take? What do you think about our server's uniforms? How was the greeting? How long did it take for you to get your burger, your sandwich, whatever it is that you ordered? How long was your cocktail? What do you want to see on our cocktail menu? What do you want to see in our beer list? These are questions that you should be asking your guests on a daily basis. Okay. Get out there, communicate with them and move forward. Uh, let's see what we got going on out here in this little world, weird world. Um, there is a lot of stuff going on with uh, this this new show that I just saw, um, which I just picked up on the other night that I've I've become a pretty big fan of. Um, it is uh, David Chang's new Netflix show, which is called Ugly Delicious. Um, it's a first project for him in the last five years. He's exploring all sorts of different stuff, but it's really kind of neat because he digs into a lot of really cool things. Does a whole Thanksgiving thing where he goes in and chills out with his mother, which is awesome. Because she, at one point, never realizes how much he paid attention to her um, when they were doing stuff. So it's it's kind of neat um, to watch that process happen with him. And he also sits down. You know, one of the things he says, it just so happens that when you're open to an idea, an idea and you're eating something, maybe somebody has a story. Um, and once they tell us something behind that, maybe you can go a little bit further as well. With an energetic visual style and omnivorous approach to the world of food, Ugly Delicious might remind some viewers a bit of Lucky Peach, now folded magazine that Chang helped launch nearly six years ago. Uh, His partner in that endeavor, Peter Meehan, is on board as a producer and co-star of Ugly Delicious. And some of the other people who worked at the magazine, both writers and chefs, make appearances as well. Um, Definitely check it out. Look, I'm not all about promoting other people's shows, but this is a really good one. Episode one, and this is kind of working through chronological. Pizza, tacos, home cooking, shrimp and crawfish, barbecue, fried chicken, fried rice, and then stuffed. So it's kind of neat to dig into that. 
But uh, real quick, while I've got everybody here, before we get into my guest, um, who I'm a big fan of, actually, uh, I met him up in Connecticut. But before we get into all that, I'm going to talk to you guys real quick about Bar Crashers. Um, this is my new show, my new web series with Michael Tips. He and I are having a boatload of fun putting this together. I'm just going to ask you guys to head over to YouTube real quick and just type in the Bar Crashers or Bar Crashers. Go to that site and just subscribe. Um, it's one of the things with YouTube where we are doing all of our promotional stuff and then we're putting our promotional stuff out to other avenues from there. So I really want you guys to subscribe to that because there's some really cool clips in there. There's one where Tips and I have a conversation the other day and we're just talking. We're just kind of bullshitting about, about going into bars in the little town of Pawtucket, Rhode Island, where we were and some of the neat stuff that goes on, like why it's called Pawtucket and why it's not Paul Tucket. What happens if it is Paul Tucket? I want to know about whether or not people pocket the car up there. There's different things. Then we kind of find out from each other what kind of bars we like. So it's a neat little clip it or a neat little snippet of stuff to give you an insight into what we talk about. Um, the show itself is coming along really well, but you got to go to, um, you got to go to YouTube and just do a subscribe. That's all it is for however many of you guys out there go to YouTube real fast. I'll pause. And I'll wait until you're done. Go to YouTube right now and subscribe to Bar Crashers. Um, I'm Chef Brian Duffy, as you guys already know. Go and follow me at Chef Brian Duff on all the Instagram and Twitter and all that good stuff. We are going to start to move forward right now. Um, our, our next guest is a gentleman that I met up in Connecticut uh, at um, the Mohegan Sun Wine Festival. And uh, he had me on a show. So it, it, it was pretty neat uh, to sit down with the guy um, this guy's pretty dynamic. He's got a great background to him. Um, he does a lot of really neat stuff. Um, one with food as well as with his own brand that he does out there, Plum Loves Food. Um, he is, uh, he's got a whole bunch of, uh, he's got a series that he does right now that he, he, he travels all around and he goes into different places, um, and, and just kind of checks out some of the neat food that they're doing and whatnot. Um, He's been a regular all over on Better Connecticut and a lot of stuff up in, uh, up in Connecticut. Uh, he was on Next Food Network Star, um, and then he also ended up on, on a show Better, and then another one called Arise 360. Um, he has been doing his own show for the last couple of, uh, uh, the last year or so, and I want you guys to check out the show. We're going to talk to him in just a second. But if you guys can do me a favor and do all the good stuff that we got to do, put it all together, turn the radio up, turn all that good stuff, turn get the kids out, because this is two chefs talking. I got a really odd feeling that we're going to curse a little bit here and there. So ladies and gentlemen, do me a favor. Welcome to the show, Chef Plum. Chef Plum, what's going on, brother? How are you today, man? I am good, my friend. I'm recuperating, but I'm doing well. Hopefully my voice won't sound too shitty. Well, dude, your microphone sounds awesome. You know what? I just finally, after five years of podcasting, stepped up and bought like a real microphone as opposed to like the headset microphone, you know? What do you have? What'd you buy? Do you remember? Oh, shit. It's a, it's a short, yeah, it's a short microphone. It has like the whole like boom arm thing going on and it's, it's pretty sweet. And it's attached to my bar perfectly as a chef would do. Exactly. That's the best way to put it. <laughs> I, I, however, have a blue Yeti. Nice. It's nice. It's like a an Yeti. exceptionally large, literally midnight black dick. <laughs> well, excellent. That sounds fantastic. I mean, I wouldn't really... I don't know if I would pick like the exceptionally large one that I would think you would want, but I do Dude, understand it's fucking, it. It's a huge dick. Wow. wow. I mean, it literally, it's, it's got, I'm going to take a picture of it right now while I have you on here with me. Let's and see I'm, I may tweet this to you, Let's but see it, it is, a, it looks like, well, I've got like, I've got fun. I've got like sunlight coming in. It's like a huge, yeah, I'm going to send it to you right now. 
Nice, nice. We should yeah. isolate that too. I want to get that uh, that little voice part there where it says, I have a huge dick. I just want to keep that. Is that cool? Dude, rock and roll. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Jerry's awesome. Jerry can pull. We had, we had uh, one of my buddies was on. I'm not going to mention him because he was on the show, but he yeah. was actually in his dining room in the restaurant and he right. was talking. A guest walked up to him while he was <laughs> And I'm in, I'm in his ear and I'm going like this. Is she hot, dude? Nice. He's, hot. he's like, he's like, eh, not, not really, you know, like not really. And I'm like, and he, she, and it, it was, I'm not even kidding you. It was probably 10 to 15 minutes. Wow. Both of that's... her talking to him during the podcast. Jesus Christ. So at the end he calls me and he's like, dude, you got to take that shit out. He's like, you can't leave that in there. Like, these are my guests. What if, what if one of my guests listens to you? And, and Jerry, did, didn't you pull together like, didn't you send something through where he's like, no, 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 or something like that? <laughs> like, we, like, we sent him a clip role. that was the, like, the is she hot? <laughs> we, we sent the clip and he, he's like, I'm like, is she hot? And he's like, no, no, no. He just like, <laughs> doing the whole, it was pretty funny. He's just so, screaming, no, that's terrible, dude. <laughs> I know, exactly. So, so what's going on? So last night you were up at Mohegan again, one of our, my favorite places. Oh, it's amazing, man. Yeah, we had a great time. We were uh, doing my 40th birthday. Age is just a number. I don't really give a shit. Happy uh, birthday. We, uh, thank you, bro. I appreciate that, man. I sent you an invite, but it was way too late. But, you know, I'm fucking really bad about that. But, I know because uh, it's Connecticut. I'm in Connecticut. I'm at, well, actually, I'm in Rhode Island on Wednesday, Thursday. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you were telling me you're going to be out there doing an event, right? Charity dinner at Redfin with uh, Jennifer Bem. Oh, nice, man. That should be fun. But yeah, we were out there, man. We had a we had a really nice suite. Had a bunch of people come up, man, and uh, we started off playing some beer pong because I don't want to let my college days go. No, and, no, uh, I love but, that. But bro, listen, people who are our age, man, they don't. We play beer pong differently. So everyone who works on my show, they're all like 25, 26, right? They're younger guys. And, and we get along great. It's amazing. And, and, and they're hard workers. I love them. But when they came in the game to play beer pong, bro, there's all these new rules. They don't like, they fill the cups with water now instead of beer because they don't want to get the <laughs> dirty ball in the cup. And like, there's certain, it's, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm like, get a set of balls. Dude, I'm like, we're, we're playing with Miller High Life. Are you, what are you, it's dirty enough as it is. What the fuck right. are you worried about? And they're like, well, you know, we just get the ball rolls on the floor. And I'm like, that's what you have a water cup for. Right. And they're like, no, the water cup is to sip after you. So when you make a cup, you sip a drink on the side. And then you can have a water cup if you want. I just didn't get it. I'm like, dude, I remember playing on a patio in Norfolk, Virginia, uh, yeah. outside. with a, we, used a, we took a door off a closet and made that the table on two, like, stools. And then we put the cups yeah. on there and whatever. We played fucking beer pong. It was great. Right. That's the way it was. See, I'm an asshole guy. Oh, okay. I remember that game. That game was great. I fucking love asshole. I will throw down and become the president in game of asshole in a matter of seconds. Like I would pretty much, I should, and I will from now on carry a deck of cards with me all the time. That's a damn good idea. We should bring back asshole. That's a great dude. You know what my move was? So here was my move when I was younger. I would play asshole and we would always have the guys, everybody from the restaurant, we'd go to my house afterwards after working, everybody come over, you know, like you get off work at fucking God awful hours in the night and we would all go back to my apartment and we would hang out there and we would be, you know, drinking and being stupid. Eventually we ended up playing asshole, but there was always like the hot server girls that would come and like hang oh, out. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I would always do, you know, an, an asshole, if you tell the president to drink, you have to switch spots. At least that's how we played. Like the pres- asshole becomes the president. So, if you uh, tell them to, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. I got you. So I would always use that as my move with the with the hot girls is that I would like like I would sacrifice myself so they could be president. So whenever the hot girl was the asshole, I would like make her tell me to drink and switch spots with her. That was my move. I loved the rule process. Like it's like, crazy. Like what is it? If you're president, is it three times in a row you get to make a rule? 
Yeah, right? well, I, th- I thought it was, uh, we used to just play it once. And when you're president, you can make a rule for that round. And if your, okay. president, if your presidency continues, if your reign of power continues into the next hand, the rule does carry over. But the rule, ca- but see, but the rule goes the whole time until somebody changes the rule right. is the way that we did it. Oh, shit, that gets confusing, dude. We're drinking. Yeah. What are you talking about? I can't remember that. I shit. know, but there's here's the thing. But the rules continue to go. So if I make a rule, like my favorite rule, I've got two favorites. My number okay. one favorite rule is drink, drank, drunk. Oh, shit. So you can't, can't say those, I'm guessing? You can't say the word drink, drank, drunk. <laughs> consume. Like <laughs> consume, exactly. Or imbibe was imbibe. the one that I was a big fan of. And That's then the cool. other one was the board meeting. Ooh. Do you remember the board meeting? Now, it might be something, I think it might be what we used to call a waterfall. Is it the same thing? Pretty much, I think. So everybody stands up at the same time. And you drink, and you have to drink as long as the person in front of you is, right? Exactly. So, yeah. the, so the president can stand up. <laughs> Me, I was a big chugger. And if yeah. you put cup down, you were automatic asshole. Oh, you freaking can't do that. You're asshole. Cool. You can't put the cup down. Or if you, what was the other one? If you, how, how did it go? You, if you were, if you, if you talked to the asshole, while he was dealing, you then were automatic asshole. Dude, I think that, yeah, that's what it was. Well, ours was if you told, if the asshole told the president to drink or something like that, you had to switch spots with them. I, okay. I'm pretty sure, I think it's a regional game. I think it's based on where you are in the country. The rules were slightly different. And you're in Virginia, right? Richmond, yeah. I grew up in Richmond, Virginia. All right, well, hold on. Let's. Why don't we tell people kind of yeah. first who you are? So sure. why don't you give us, I already did a little intro, but it was kind of generic just talking about the fact that I think you're a pretty cool fucking dude. <laughs> Thanks, um, man. <laughs> let's, uh, let's have a quick, do tell us who you are and how we can get in contact with you and what you do. Yes. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Chef Plum. Nice to meet you all. You can find me at chefplum.com. Uh, I am a, uh, I host a show called Restaurant Road Trip uh, featuring some fantastic restaurants all across the Northeast here. Uh, that airs Fridays on uh, WTNH and, of course, more importantly, on Facebook, which is something fun to talk about. TV doesn't even matter anymore. But anyway, uh, also, on top of that, I am an award-winning chef, uh, private chef. Uh, I work all across uh, New York, and, and I work in uh, the Hamptons and stuff in the summertime. And I've done a bunch of pop-up dinners we've won awards for and, you know, do anything, man. I'm just really lucky to do the things I get to do and talk to cool people like like Chef Brian right here, man. It's, it's a good time. And I really enjoy it. So, um you know, that's me. That's me in a nutshell, dude. Just, and know, how do we I, get in contact with you other than your website? Well, uh, you can call me. My phone number. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's 1-800. Yeah, just give me a call. Uh, dude, you can find me on Instagram at Chef underscore Plum. And of course, at Chef underscore Plum on Twitter. I just did a big Twitter purge. Have you done that yet? A Twitter purge? Tell. Yeah, you go on there and like, there's just so many people. Because, you know, Twitter, it's, it's great. People love it. But there's a lot of people who are on it. See, I put all my eggs into Twitter when this whole social media thing started. I never did Facebook. I was I did Twitter. Facebook. Did you? And so I I gained a pretty good Twitter following. But now in 2018, like you go on there and look and there's so many people that you don't even really talk to anymore or haven't been active or, you know, whatever. So I did a giant Twitter purge. I like unfollowed or blocked or got rid of uh, like 3000 people or something like that. I just sit in my bed one night doing it because I don't don't know. I mean, just I don't fucking pay attention to it anymore. You know, I I follow people all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's fun to do, but, you know, I think when you follow them, like, how often do you actually read what people are saying? Do you actually pay attention to it? You know what? I go through the feed a lot. Do you? But I, but I also follow a boatload of people. So I think right. I follow, like, 15,000 people. Oh, right Because on. I was following, like, I was genuinely going back through and following people for a while. I think I've got twenty eight or 29,000 on Twitter. Nice. So I went back through and just kind of started to kind of fuck around and started to follow people. But if, if like, I have conversations with people, too. Yeah. I love Twitter. Twitter's awesome. 
Yeah, it is pretty fun. It is pretty fun. I kind of fell in love with Instagram, dude. Like Instagram's kind of good times. I'm digging it. But I, but I feel that the that the interaction is kind of missing through Instagram. Like I feel there's no real communication. Like that's why I like Twitter because I like to communicate with people. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's fun to do. It is. I should. I've been trying to get more into it. But you know how now you can post a picture to Instagram and then it like goes right to Facebook or goes oh, right yeah, to Twitter. It is. But like you can't tag people. Like if I tag you on. Instagram, when it goes to Twitter, it doesn't tag them. I swear they're just doing it to make it to be an annoying. I think that's the whole point of it. They just want to well, piss us off. I actually do where I will post my Instagram to my Facebook and then I will go into Twitter and I will do it again because you know why? Because too many fucking people have two different names. Yeah. Like um, what world of branding do you live in that you're going to like, I'll, I'll do it right now. <laughs> I'm going to blow them up. I'm going to blow them up hardcore. My good, good friend, uh, two of them actually. Right. Chad Rosenthal is great guy, right? Chef, great guy. Chef Chad Rosenthal on Instagram and Chad Rosenthal on Twitter. Oh, come on, dude. You can't do that. And then my good buddy, Nikki Liberato. Nikki Libs is Chef Nikki on Instagram. Right. And Caladelphia on Twitter. I see, you got to put all this shit together and be one name now. You exactly. can't just, you can't have different names. It just doesn't work that way. I, I agree. Exactly. It's got to be, It's you got to keep your branding in line. Well, it's funny, man, because we live in a world now as chefs and you and I have had this conversation before, but it's the truth. It's branding is a thing now. I mean, whether you're whether you're, you know, running a hot dog stand, you know, somewhere or you're working in a Michelin star hotel, you're a private chef. Everything is about branding now. It really, truly is. It's almost more about the chef than it is, especially in our world, the chef than it is the restaurant itself. It kind of builds up. You know, people will talk about, oh, I went to so and so's restaurant as opposed to the restaurant name, you know. Well, I, you know, I, today I did a bunch of interviews. I interviewed a bunch of chefs um, for one of my clients down in, pardon my yawn, down in North Carolina. And uh, and I talked to them. And I'm a really fucking hard interview, dude. <laughs> you do have that. Int- here's the thing, man. You have that really intense look about you. But then if I, and then when you start talking to you, you're like, yeah, I'm good. Everything's fine. But it's, it's funny because at first you look you're like, wow. Chef looks a little intense right now. Is he all right? And it's, it's, I don't want to say resting bitch face, but like, it's more like resting. I'm going to steal your wallet face. Really? And then, well, then you talk to you, then like literally a word comes out of your mouth and you smile and it's just like, oh, that guy, he's all right. Whatever. He's, all right, he's all right. That guy's well, all right. Yeah, so I start off interviews by, by a couple of things here. Let me, I'm, I'm going to interview you. Okay. Let's do it. I'm going to interview you right now. So, uh, chef, why don't you, uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself before we get started? Oh, thanks, man. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to be here uh, and have a chance to talk to you guys. Do you really appreciate it or are you just, no, I'm just fucking with you. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that would make me feel more comfortable because like, honestly, I, it, it, doing this business for so long, it's it's almost like I can't handle when it gets too, too serious. You know, like I, I look for the moment myself to make it, I make it weird or say something stupid and I should say why thing. I work myself now. It's and, and I, and I think that's one of the reasons why I do as well. But so, so after I kind of go through that, you tell me a little bit about yourself and, and it's kind of funny too. And, and I'll, for anybody who's listening, I'll tell you kind of my process through here. If right. you start talking to me a lot about your family life, okay. um, then, then the chances are we're, we're the professional interview is going to have a different dynamic. I want to know about you. Like, tell me about you. What do you like to do? You know, I, it's great that you have two kids and all that or, or, or whatever your world is. But tell me about you. I want to know about you. Um, because I hear a lot of people say, well, you know, I'm married. I've been married for 20 years. I have two kids. One's 20, one's 14. And they take up most of my time. Okay. So in a chef world, that's that could be a little bit of a red flag. Okay. 
I don't dig any further into that. But then I say, all right, so why don't let's talk about your current property. So let's say you were in a restaurant right now. And I said, let's talk about the current restaurant where you work. Why don't you tell me a little bit about it? And then you go into that, that world. And I say, okay, so what kind of volume did you do last week? And that's where people stop because they don't know the answer. Yeah, that's bad. They don't know the answer. Because what most guys do and a lot, and, and my big problem that I have these days or the, or the situation that I'm starting to walk into and I have been for the last couple of years is, and you know this just as much as I do, everybody wants a fucking title. You, everybody You're, you're preaching the choir, man. You're preaching. I did an event for uh, Janice at Say up in Boston. Uh, big time like outdoor furniture that costs like $10,000 for a lawn chair. It's, it's very like chic stuff and and... Yeah, I had a guy working with me and they, you know, the guy who was working with me to do to the event, they put out a big press release or whatever. I didn't ask them to do it. They just did it, whatever. And then the guy that was working with me, the guy that I'm paying to come with me to do the event, to be my other pair of hands, he goes, oh, how come they didn't mention me in the press release? Oh, dude, <laughs> what? what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's on stage right now? Like, what are you, <laughs> seriously? Like, <laughs> come on, man. So uh, that was the end of that relationship, as you can probably imagine. <laughs> Well, I mean, and I do, I do a lot of events like you do. And, and, and I, I've been doing a lot of, so I have a, I have a friend uh, who does the taste festivals, okay. which are in Philadelphia and Atlantic city. And they're a blast. They're awesome events. Awesome. He totally takes care of you. He's a wonderful guy. His wife's involved. His kids are involved. It's a really nice kind of family event. Yeah. And he does a great job at it. But as I walk through the events and I really started to pay attention to it in the last two to three years. The amount of celebrity chefs that are out there is shocking to me. I mean, isn't everybody a celebrity chef now? Everybody's a celebrity chef, dude. I've seen it on business cards. I've seen it on resumes. I have seen it. um, I've pretty much seen it everywhere. Like Chef Plum, that's your that's your stick. That's who you are. That's your gig. But you're also not in a restaurant. You're not interviewing for a position. You're an established culinarian as well as you are an established chef plus you're yeah. an established personality there's nothing wrong with that you know here's the thing i'm gonna i'll make a deal with you right now if you ever 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 in anything social media people you ever hear me call myself a celebrity chef please kick me in the balls dude you and i are like best fucking friends that is my number one go-to Never. if i fuck something up kick me yeah. in the dick just kick me in the right in the dick i mean yeah right. not right in the dick Look, totally digressing. Last night, we had a private blackjack table we were playing at. It was fucking by a badass. Dude, I had one of those hands where everything goes right. Yeah. And I just stood up and I yelled at the... <laughs> I fucking stood no. up. And I yelled at the pit at the pit boss. I said, I'm going to get my balls pierced right here underneath this table. And I don't mean just a skid. I'm going right through the balls because I'm a man. <laughs> Everybody in Vista turned and looked at me. And so I did what anybody would do. I got a USA chant started. <laughs> Oh, well, there you go, dude. Fucking A. It was awesome. Let's just go right to the USA. Anytime you're in an uncomfortable situation, just fucking throw out a chance. USA. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I don't know if you know, we won the Super Bowl down here. Uh, I was aware. I was aware. I was aware. You guys Actually, are the oh, little, you know, game. We're, 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 we're going, we're going backwards. We're going backwards. Sorry. Sorry. So we, we missed, we missed the, the rest of the interview process. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So when I start talking to people about numbers, they don't have the numbers. And then I start to say, okay, well, well, 
how big is your place? Uh, and they stop. And then I say, well, are you the executive chef of the restaurant? Yes, I am the exec. Okay. But they hide the numbers from them is the big thing. And then here's where I go to next. And I'm going to do the same thing to you. I say to them after we go through everything and they've already explained to me why they don't know the numbers, why the owners don't give it to them, why they don't understand inventory because they're not good with the computer. What? And then they, <laughs> dude, it, what? is this real life? <laughs> I swear to God, dude, I'm not even lying to you. <laughs> The shit that I have and that I deal with when I do interviews is brilliant. Oh my God. (laughs) Cause I'm looking at a resume where a guy was the executive chef of a property for two years. Right. So you would assume that as an executive chef, you have the, the access to the numbers that you need to effectively run a financially sound kitchen. Even just basic shit. How can you make a menu if you don't know your fucking numbers and your menu mix and what you're doing and how, how can you, how do you change order your menu if you don't know what your sales are going to be for the week? How many, how do yeah. you know how many people schedule if you don't know? Oh my God. Numbers? I mean, so, it's the basic stuff and you, these guys don't know the stuff. Right. And one of the reasons why they don't know it is, uh, is one, because they are, they're grasping at a title as opposed to actually doing the work to get to that point. That's and right. two, most guys, I, you know, I, I finally stopped a guy today and I said, look, I'm going to give you a little bit of advice. Food cost is this, okay? I said, and in this day and age, if you're going to move forward, you're 37 years old right now, and you've been an executive chef for the last four years. If you want to move forward, you need to learn what it is, what food cost is. I said, because you can be the greatest chef in the world, but if you don't understand finances, you're the greatest chef in the world without a kitchen. Exactly. So then I follow up with this which is, okay, you have access, and this is a question for you. You have access to anything that you want. You have a pantry that is the size of a football field. You've got to walk in with every single piece of protein that you could ever imagine. I want you to make me an appetizer and an entree and walk me through the process. Go ahead. So you want them to actually do it in the kitchen or actually talk no, to you? Talk I just you want it. you to talk to me. Tell me tell me what your menu items are going to be. Oh, man, that's a lot of questions. Before, you have a lot of questions before you can even get to that. In my brain, it's, it's, <laughs> well, it's not that you, simple. But you've got access to And this is a meal. And, and, and one of the things is, who am I preparing this for? And I say, this is a meal that you're going to make for me that is going to showcase your talents to get this job. Oh, that's easy. I'm, I'm just going to pour you a beer. Clear that's, beer that's a shot, do some bourbon. That's it. Just, yeah, I'll just get you a beer, a shot. Good to go, man. That's all you need. I got the job done. But it, 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 the thing that shocks me is that, and I say to people, hey, take your time. Like, I know it's kind of a rapid fire question. I understand that. Take your time and think about it. And they all go, no, no, no. I know exactly what it is. I'm going to make you winks and I'm going to toss them in buffalo sauce. I'm going to put blue cheese on the side. I'm going to put carrots and celery next to it. And I say, and that is the meal that you are going to make that is going to define whether uh, define your professionalism as a chef and your creativity. And they go, well, everybody likes wings, man. And I go, well, I'm a vegetarian. And then they stop. But, See? but I'm not a vegetarian. But what I want to know is I want creativity. And that's why I ask people these questions. I want to know, can you think on the fly? You know, how fast can you move? Those are the things that I want to know. You all of a sudden have a vegetarian who walks in the restaurant. You don't have a vegetarian menu on your, on your, on your, on your, or a vegetarian dish on your menu. What are you going to make? You know, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right there. That's what, well, that's what I was kind of meaning towards when you were saying, you asked me that question. I'm like, well, it's just not that easy. There's a lot of questions there. I mean, you know, who am I making the food for? What kind of people is it? What do you like? Are you allergic to anything? You know, stupid shit like that, which I think you got to kind of think about. I mean, well, and, and, but for me, in reality, the answer I'm looking for is something that has creativity to it. Right. 
right? You just want them to go down and like, well, I'm going to make some some foie gras foam. Yeah. Uh, and then we're going to take that and we're going to get truffle oil and I'm going to put that down my pants. At the same time, I'm you. whipping that truffle oil up. It's going to be amazing. Making a grilled cheese between my thighs. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Got a and little slurry down there working. Slurry. Can you sort of um, picking that up? <laughs> but, and I've had guys who I say to them, like they will, they'll come up and they'll say, oh, well, I'm going to do a foie gras spuma with, and I'm like, okay, well, walk me. How, how are you making that? How are you making that? Yeah. And they stop. They don't know how to make that. You know, so so those are that's why I'm a tough interview, I think. You know, but those are good questions. I mean, that's that's a good question to ask, especially I mean, you're you're there, you have some a client that's that's paid you to help them get their restaurant going, and your job is to find the best person you can. And you know, you you have a track record of your own that you've done pretty well with this, and this is your method. So I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, listen, everybody has their own you know way of doing it. So how what are what are you and this is a conversation that I have all the time, especially with chefs, how are you handling I mean, when you're doing, when you're doing, when you're acting as a private chef and you're up in the Hamptons yeah. and you're doing stuff, do you have staff with you or are you rolling solo? So generally my rule of thumb is, uh, depends on what I'm doing, but if it's over, I've learned in my years of doing this now, if it's over 10, I'll bring somebody with me. Okay. Um, you know, it just, and it depends on what we're doing food wise, whether it's a kitchen person or a server. I have a girl who's been working with me for about six years now. She's like my head server person. She's awesome. Uh, she, you know, when you, you know, when you've been with that person for a long time who just, it's just a look. I don't have to really say anything, you know, it's yeah. just, you just have that connection. So she's awesome at that. And it, it's, it really does depend on what we're doing, but generally my rule of thumb is over 10. I want to have a pair of hands. And I used to try to do like, you know, play the, you know, five course dinners, play the <laughs> 20 people. I'm like, yeah, fuck. I got that. That's awesome. And you, you get there and you're like, what the hell am I? That's no, why, why would you do that? <laughs> yeah. And I forgot trash bags. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Or, uh, oh shit, I forgot to, I forgot to get the clams for this. And now I'm on an Island where there's no clams. Right. And one grocery store. None of them, nobody speaks English there. Oh, good. Yeah. That's just awesome. But Dude, I was in, I was in the Asian market yesterday with my mother and five kids and I was looking for Bonito flakes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only motherfucker in the whole story that speaks English. <laughs> and my guess awesome. he came home and just ordered them off of Amazon. <laughs> I just fucking walked up and down every single aisle until That's I so finally funny. found them. Because I mean, you know, as uh, you're thinking, all right, Bonito, and I'm explaining it to my mother, and she's like, "Well, why wouldn't it just be in the fish aisle?" I'm like, <laughs> Like, Aren't they all the fish aisle? It's not that exactly. Uh, I mean, my kids were having a fun. They're rolling around looking at, literally looking at duck tongues and duck heads. And, you know, can we have duck heads for dinner? I'm like, we're not having duck heads for dinner. Girls. Oh my God, not to, that's too funny. Yeah, man. we made fried rice and Korean short ribs. Look, imagine learning cooking from Gordon Ramsay, photography from Annie Leibovitz, or basketball from Steph Curry. Well, now you can with Masterclass. Masterclass produces online classes taught by the best in the world. Each class, it's shot with cinematic production quality and offers on-demand lessons that are loaded with exclusive content you're only going to find on Masterclass. Choose from classes taught by over 30 masters, including cooking techniques from Thomas Keller, screenwriting from Aaron Sorkin, filmmaking from Martin Scorsese, and so many more. Whether you are pursuing a passion, developing your career, or just looking to learn a little something new. Masterclass gives you access to the best at their craft. So now you can master yours. All right. Interested in more than one class? Check out the all access pass. With the new all access pass, you can unlock every single class from over 30 masters. All of that for the price of two. 
Duffified Live with me, listeners, can get the all-access pass at masterclass.com slash chef. Learn from the best in the world at masterclass.com slash chef. It's masterclass.com forward slash chef. But right now, we got to get back to Chef Plum. You have a group of people that you work with already, yeah. but are you dealing with, or are you, do you have any interaction with kind of the new hiring pool, the people that are out there now? Yeah. You know, I've actually, it's definitely, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess the short answer is yes. Um, you know, I've, I've met a lot of friends through Facebook and I'm mean, through Instagram and stuff like that. And, you know, it's amazing the guys that will reach out to me and say, Hey, I'd love to come do an event with you or, you know, come work something with you. And I'm like, you know, dude, give everybody a shot. I, somebody gave me a shot once. So why not? You know, sure. Uh, until it affects things. That's my thing. We're good. And I'll teach you and I'll show you. And I learned a long time ago that I would get mad about stuff. Um, and, and I would get really pissed off about it. But then I realized I didn't explain myself thoroughly. You right. know? So I, I just, it, it's one of those things where I've learned really the patience is really important. But what I find more and more now is that, you know, you're, you're finding a generation of people who, for lack of a better word, you know, how about this? I, I had a guy ask me if he could take a break, right? We're, we're doing a party. We've been there Which two we hours. Should just, and, we should just laugh at that. Oh, I just, I made a face <laughs> like, what? I just want to take a break, chef. I've been, we've been working here for two hours. We'll take five minutes. Take, what? Yeah. What? <laughs> what? You're going to get you a chair is my normal response. What? I'll see, you want to throw the towel over the air. Just, you want to, I can rub your shoulders a little bit if you like. Have a coffee, buddy? Can I, get, can I light that cigarette for you? Oh my God. Bro, my, the guy, you know, the guys I worked with, uh, uh, Lonnie Huat, Sean Brock, if those words ever came out of my mouth, like, are you, are you kidding me? Yeah. What are you talking about? Can I take a break? We would, I would work 12 hours straight and yeah. just to give me, come on. But I think it's a different generation of people because you know what it is. And this is what I figured out, dude, is that I, I got into this business because it, it, it's all I could do. I was in college. I'd been working in restaurants in high school. All, it's what I really, it's what I could always fall back on. No matter what I was doing, I could always come back to find food. Food has always been there for me. Food has always put a roof over my head. Food has always put food on my table. Food has helped me keep my brain straight, keep myself from going nuts. It's always been there for me because I'll always work for it. Here's the thing now. Everybody's watching Food Network and they're like, oh, I want to be a celebrity chef. I want to be a TV chef. Those things are byproducts of hard work in this business. That is not something that you try to do. That is something that happens because you've been working your ass off. I mean, am I crazy? I, I, you are so far from crazy because it's something that I say all the time uh. that 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 a lot of the culinarians that are graduating at this point are expecting a contract. They're expecting a producer to call them. They're expecting to become the next Bobby Flay or, or, or whatever it is, David Chang or whoever you, you anticipated to be. They, they want that. Right. And, right. And they don't get that. I started washing dishes at 14. Yeah. They just don't understand that. And washing dishes. What do you mean? You wash dishes. What? You don't wash dishes. Oh, my bad. My bad. Sorry. I, I dreamt that part of it. No, but you know that that's the, that's the mentality though. Like I had a guy come work with me fresh out of culinary school and told me that he couldn't wash dishes because uh, 
it's bad for his hands when they get super wet like that. Oh, such a poor kid. Um, you know, there's a, <laughs> a bunch of great lotions out there that help with that stuff. Oh my God. Yeah. One of them is out the fucking door. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I've had guys, I mean, we, when I opened my place in Philly, I, you know, one of my cooks came back one day. He's like, chef, what are you doing mopping the floor? You shouldn't be mopping the floor. That's why you have dishwashers. And I looked at him and said, the day that I think that I'm too good to mop a floor is the day that I need to get out of this business. Absolutely, man. I mean, listen, this business, it's an it, it, I say we're, we're a broken band of pirates, especially our generation that are in this business, man. And I don't want to sound like I had to walk uphill both ways with no shoes to get to work, but you had to work your ass off for it, man. That's what that did. And the day you forget that, the day that you think that you can do something and you're better than everybody else, man, when I was years ago, when I was working hotels and stuff, man, I would walk in and the first thing I would do when I got to that kitchen, I would come in as the executive sous chef, coming in as, as the chef. You know what I did? I kept my mouth shut. And I hung out with the guys. I worked the line with them. Then I would go in the walk-in and they, I would work a station. Yeah. They're like, well, why, why, chef, you don't need, nobody else in the chef never worked a station before. Well, yeah. that's what I'm going to do because I want to see how things go. And I can learn more about it by being in the middle of it as opposed to sitting in the office barking shit. <clears throat> about, about five years ago, it really hit me, the world that we were in now. I had clients out in, uh, in the Midwest. I'm not going right. to get into where they are. And I hired a guy over the phone and he had a great resume and he had just, he had been laid off from another property that had closed. The owners ran out of money, did background checks on him, the whole nine yards. Yeah. He was 42 years old. He had two children and he was married and his mother, his wife was a stay at home mom. Okay. And I, I paid him 52 grand a year to run a property that was doing roughly at that point, it was the summertime. So he was doing about 10 grand a week, but during the summers, they hit about 18 to 20 or during, yeah. during, during the rest of the year, they're doing about 18 to 20. So okay. 52 grand in a property like that's not bad. Yeah. That's not, not bad. bad. Plus it's in the Midwest, dude. Okay. The cost this of living is, is nothing. Exactly. My buddy just bought his six bedroom house on four acres of land for $327,000. <laughs> Wow. Okay. And you live, you live up there and I live down here and we're both laughing the same exact laugh because <laughs> yeah. that's the twin that is around the corner from me, you know, oh my God. Yeah. Uh, with, with on, on an eighth of an acre. Um, right. so I hire him, I go through the process, he gets hired, he goes into the restaurant. And what I said to him is I don't want you tweaking anything. All I really want you to do is just make sure the kitchen is prepared for me when I get there. Make sure the kitchen's clean, walk-in floors, walls, organized, the whole nine yards. And I hired him as an exec for the property. He knew food costs. We had a great food cost conversation. So I walk into the kitchen on the day, which is seven days after I hired him. And I walk in and I take my jacket that was pressed out of, out of its, its, its sleeve you know, the plastic sleeve yeah, yeah. And, I, and I take my sweatshirt off, whatever, my shirt off and I hang it up and I put my jacket on and then I take my, my, my loafers off or shoes off and I put a pair of clogs on. So I'm ready to work in the kitchen. I put all my stuff, my shoes back in the, in the clog bag. I take my apron, I wrap it around my waist and I still have yet to have seen the chef. Oh, he had to run to the grocery store real quick. Chef, we'll be back in a minute. So I'm on the line and in walks this guy 15 minutes later. Now I'm on the line and they're clients. These are not, I'm not the chef of the property. I'm the, they're my clients. I'm on the line. I'm working with the guys. I'm working fry, doing saute. I'm showing the guys how to grill and season. I'm having fun. It's what we like to do. Yeah. And in walks this guy and he has a pair of Chuck Taylors on, a pair of white shorts <sighs> and a black chef jacket that says executive chef on the jacket, no name. 
know, his gut, and I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm, I'm a svelte dude. I'm a little bit bigger guy. His gut's hanging over his pants, okay, underneath of the chef jacket. And I'm like, oh, fuck, man, what did we no, do? So, no, and then no. he proceeds to sit down. What? And start doing inventory. Like, start, start kind of writing recipes and stuff. <laughs> Kitchen's not clean. So I talk to him and I say, hey, chef, whenever you're ready, why don't you hop up on the line with me? Right. I'll be right over, chef. I'm trying to get taken care of what you asked me to take care of. Uh, 10 minutes, 15, 20, 30, 45 minutes goes by. It's now quarter of one on a Thursday afternoon. And he's still sitting at the computer while I'm in there. And finally, I said, chef, any chance you feel like cooking today? Are you going to hang it on the computer all day long? Nice. And he kind of gets a little snippy and he comes over and starts working next to me and he can cook. It wasn't bad. He calls me a week later after I left and said, this is a little bit more work than I had anticipated. It's going to be much better for me if I collect unemployment for like I did before. So I'm going to quit. Thank what? you very much for everything. I'm out of here. It was too much work for him, dude. Oh my God. Too much. The restaurant's a 1900 square foot space that did $1.1 million last year. It's wow. too much work. That's when I realized yeah. that we were in, we were, we were in, in, in a little bit of a, a conundrum and we were in a weird world at this point. It's, that's, it's crazy, man. It, it's, you're right. It's just a whole different world when it comes to those things. It, it's so how, how are you handling that? How are you? I mean, do it I mean, myself. You, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've, it's tough. I, you have to go through a few people. I think is what it is. You have to find somebody who matches it. So especially from my end, what I do it's such a personal thing. We almost call what I do catertainment where you, you know me, man, I'm Ooh, like big that. mouth and you know, loud. yeah, big mouth. I loud. I talk, but I love coming out and talking about food and talking to the guests I have about it when I'm doing a party or something like that. But you know, when you have somebody with you, you have to, have, I have to have somebody who I know understands what the next three steps are while I'm doing something else, talking to the clients. That's what you have to do. So I, it's really been, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a trial and, error, trial and error, I guess, man. You, you try some people and it don't work. You got to get rid of them. And that's the thing. And, you know, the tough part is that you try really hard to, to be friendly with guys. And, I, and that's a downfall for me as I almost kind of become too friendly. But it's because, you know, just to digress from it, man, I live in Newtown, Connecticut. I'm a classically French trained chef. I used to be a yeller and a screamer and, and go nuts. And then after everything happened here in Newtown, I literally the next day, swore I'd never do that guy again because life's too short, man. Shit can change in a second. And yeah. and and I've never been that guy since and I never will be. But it, it's fucking food. Why would I get pissed about it? Like, relax, dude. <laughs> you're, 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 no matter at the worst, what are you fucking, you burn a steak. All right, it sucks, but let's fix it. But, you know, I, I've worked with these guys, these younger guys who come in who, who, you know, there's nothing worse to me when I say, this is a good example, I'm not going to say any names. Hey, cut this like this and put it on the platter for me. That'll look great. Cut the avocado like this and put it on the platter. And I walk over and it's cut complete. And the guy's like, okay, yes, chef, come over. And if, and, you know, it, it's all diced up, not done at all what I said. And, and he looks at me like, bro, what are you mad about? Yeah. Um, dude, first of all, you want to get in this business and you want to be a part of it. And you want everybody to call you chef. But rule number one, in this business is you got to be able to take direction and understand because not just direction from somebody else like me, who's a chef or somebody who's above you and a superior, that sort of thing, you know, as far as a brigade goes, but taking direction from your clients, taking direction from the customers. That's super, super important, man. Too many yeah. people want to come off and spout their shit where maybe they should shut up and listen for a second. I mean, when I talk to clients, the first thing I say is tell me the perfect scenario for this party. Tell me what you envision. How do you want it to happen? You know, what would be the most amazing thing for you? And let them tell you, let them go on and on because that's, it's their, their, their event. Let them have fun with it, you know? Right. 
And and too many of these guys, man, are just, hey, you did that wrong. And then they get all pissy with you. Are you nuts? What? What? <laughs> what? I just did exactly what I told you not to do. So, and, and what do you do now? I mean, here's, so, and here's another part of it. What do you do in that situation? Yeah. Um, How are you handling that then? Right. You're in the middle of an event. Uh, you have to still get through the event. So, you know, you, you, you make it, you make do with what's there, How to, you know, as far as the plate goes or what got messed up. But then, you know, for me, I've never gotten to the point where I'm in the middle of doing an event and told someone, listen, you've got to get out of here. You know, this isn't going to work most of the time because they probably rode with me to get there. They're 90 miles from home. Like, so clearly I'm stuck with this person. So we'll, we'll get through the event, but you know, they'll get a hint when I don't call them to come work another event and they all want to, cause it's good money. You know, they'll come work an event with me and make 300 bucks for, you know, four hours, five hours of work. And you know, it's great. And they have a great time and you're at the beach and like, it's just, it's fucking awesome. Why wouldn't you want to be there? You're making awesome food at the beach and there's people in bikinis and it's dope. But if you can't follow a simple direction, like, Hey, cut this this way. And I come over and it's completely wrong. I'm not going to call you back to come do it again. I'm just not going to call you. Yeah. And, and, you know, I used to be the guy who would then call them on purpose to tell them why, because it felt I would need to do that. But, you know, the fun part about that is I host a radio show at night on Monday, so I can just go on and rent vent about it there. <laughs> so dude, it's the best. I love doing that shit. <laughs> it's I awesome. love talking about it. Um, but that, that's it, man. I just don't call them anymore. I don't, I don't have them anymore. And, uh, you know, Finding a lot with chefs these days, like I always talk about my first 10 and my last 10. Okay. The first 10 years of being in the industry and the last 10 of being in the industry. Wow. You know, where I am and that, and the, and the last 10 is continuously moving. It's ever evolving. You know, it is still continued to be the last 10, even though I've been in the industry for 24 years or whatever. I, I've been a chef for 24 years. Let me rephrase that. I started yeah. working 34 years ago, um, 35 years ago, but but if you think about it, I have my first 10, which is I worked at the Four Seasons in Philadelphia. I worked with Jean-Marie Lacroix. Tony Clark used to throw shallots at the back of my head and tell me it wasn't any shallot. It's a Four Seasons four season shallot. And, and, and Jean-Marie Lacroix was the godfather of the kitchen. He wow. walked in in that crisp white jacket every morning and shook your hand and thanked you for being there. And, there and then go. I left there and went to work for an asshole who uh, used to throw plates at servers and bake potatoes at their heads and burn the back of my arm and Ugh. scream and yell at people. And I thought, okay, well, maybe the four seasons was wrong. Maybe this is the way that it is. So for the next 10 years, I spent all that time just yelling and screaming at people. Because you thought that was how you're supposed to do it. Because I thought that that's what it was. And I was still executing a quality product. Right. But as I started to get into my further later years of being in the industry, I started to realize that that I was getting the same, I was getting a quality product, but I didn't have a quality staff. I was only getting about 75% out of those people. And it took me a long time to realize it. And now, especially with the day and age of where we are, you know, being a chef is about is about not just that creativity. It's well, well let, me, let me find out what is what is being a chef mean to you? Yeah, um, you know, it, it's it's weird. I get asked that a lot, uh, to be honest with you. And, and, you know, to me, I think the first and foremost, when it, when it comes to just defining myself, what a chef is, uh, I, I think we're we're teachers. We're people who uh, can inspire other people. Um, we're we're. I don't think food as a, and I'd love to hear what you think about this. To me, food is not really art. I think food is more science than art. Uh, it's definitely a great flavor. It depends on effect. A, it, it's a pH scale. I mean, to make things taste good, you have to be perfectly balanced. 
understand, yeah. you know, if something's salty or if something's uh, too much acid or if you, you know, just have to understand a pH scale. So to me, I think it's being a teacher, man. It's, it's moving forward this business because this business, like I said before, when I went on my rant about how food's been good to me my entire life, it's about moving forward the business. And the only way that's going to happen is having uh, older guys, which now that's what I fall into in this business, show these younger guys what it's like. Because I mean, a very wise man once said, brother, he said, you'll never know where you're going if you don't know where you came from. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's a teacher, uh, a teacher. That's what I think. Okay. I, I totally agree with you. I, I think that it, it is about that education. Um, cause we are, we're so much more than just dealing with food. We're dealing with personalities and we're dealing with, with other people's problems on a daily basis. You're a counselor, a psychotherapist, you're a, oh, Jesus uh, Christ, you're so right about that. <laughs> you're a fucking, you're, you're a parent. You are, I mean, I have, I have kids that have worked for me. One of my girl, actually, I, I love this girl. If anybody gets a chance, her name's LB squid out there on, uh, on Instagram and Twitter and all that. And she just beat Bobby Flay last night, which there you was go. great. It was really cool because she she was calling me and what dish should I do? And she worked at a for clients of mine. And it's been so awesome to watch her grow. And now she's she she works for Daniel Below in New York. There you go. You know, awesome. and she she works she works her ass off and she just got a promotion and she's a super cool cat and she's super talented at what she does. And I, I actually just I it's funny, I just texted her today and said, Hey, congratulations, right. and I'm buying her drinks when I get back up there. But but it, you're coddling people to move forward. And, and I've always wanted to be, I always wanted to be the Jean-Marie Lacroix, not with yeah. the talent level, which is, is something that's awesome, but I like the talent that I have. I don't need his talent. I like my talent, but I looked up to him. It was something that, that was, there was a comfortable feeling of watching him walk into a kitchen. And I, I don't, sometimes I don't like that asshole tightening up feeling that people get when I walk into a kitchen. Right, because right. you but said it goes, it goes back to the face. You, you walk in yeah. like, ah, he looks intense. <laughs> <laughs> what did you call it? It wasn't resting bitch face. It's, it's, it's it resting. I'm gonna problem. steal your wallet face. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of letters to make that, but yeah, I'm resting. I'm gonna steal your wallet face. But hey, you brought up a good point, man. You brought up something that just kind of leads me to what we've been talking about here. You were talking about your friend who who just beat Bobby Flay last night, and you know, it's it, it's one of those things. I think that. Food Network has killed a lot of the business because of it. And well, and they're feeling it now. That's a whole other story itself. But with all these shows, these competition shows, and, you know, we had mentioned before how everybody's a celebrity chef. Well, apparently now the rule is if you do Chopped or Cutthroat Kitchen or one of those, well, now you can carte blanche to call yourself a celebrity chef. Yeah. Um, and I feel bad when I tell people, listen, unfortunately, no one really gives a shit after you've done it. Like, because everybody's done it. It doesn't make a difference. I've done Food Network 11 times. It doesn't yeah. matter unless you do something with it. Just because you did it doesn't mean anyone's gonna come calling for you. But you take that and grow with it and work with it and use it as a stepping stone to move yourself forward. That's what I did. Move yeah. yourself forward, then it can mean something. But just because you did it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. It was a great time, awesome. But use it as publicity for yourself. Use it for your branding that we started this whole conversation talking about. When I have people, I have people come to me all the time and say, hey, so I just did, I just did a Cutthroat Kitchen. And I won. So like, I'm thinking about, I think I should get an agent. And I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? It took me, it took me 10 years yeah. to get a fucking agent. Like it took me 10 years. I mean, I look, I've got, I'm signed with William Morris. I've got an amazing group of people that are out there and they totally take care of me and I trust them. And I've got an amazing attorney and I've got a manager who's my brother who will never let me fail. And yeah. like, but it took me 10 fucking years. It didn't sure. take me winning cutthroat kitchen where I had to wear lobster gloves. 
<laughs> I okay. saw that episode, by the way. Yeah, so did I. Uh, I didn't. I didn't use an easy bake oven with a butter knife made out of recyclable corn. Did you see so, mine? I did Where not. I, 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 I had to I play golf have, with eggs. Don't have cable. What did you do? I had to play golf with eggs. <laughs> golf with eggs. Exactly. It was a par three putt putt course. I had to use a fucking egg. And here's the funny part about the whole thing. Uh, it was it was my umpteenth time, you know, twelfth, tenth time, eleventh time, whatever on Food Network, and you know, all I'm trying to do, you talk to me and you see me, I'm just trying to make jokes and be stupid the whole time and loud. And yeah, your food comes through. Yeah, I'm trying to make the guys shooting laugh. I'm just trying to pop the crew. That's all I want to do, man. Just pop the crew so they'll laugh, right? So I'm just running my I'm running my mouth the whole time. They pulled me aside, asked me if I'd be the bad guy or whatever, but uh. And it turns out they end up making me out to be like the funny father guy or whatever. Because the editing make it make you look like anything. It can make but, you look uh, anything. Sure, except uh, thin. That's listen, I, I don't think I think you're not giving yourself enough credit. That Adonis like figure you got. You you it's amazing. I work fucking hard. I went to the gym today, man. Nice. I am wearing my Fitbit while I sit here and talk to you. Nice. I'm hoping I'm helping burn calories. I, I have uh since I put the Fitbit on, I'm just gonna let you know. I have moved seventy five times. <laughs> <laughs> I've moved 75 times. I did oh, go to the gym this morning. I did. Uh, my heart rate right now, just so you know, is a 67 while I'm resting. Wow. Listen, I didn't even, talk, I didn't even smoke weed. Wow. I think you need to calm down over there a little bit. That's all I'm thinking. Like it's, it's like you're pushing it too much, but not enough. That's, that's how I feel. <laughs> Dude, if I hit 70, we got we to gotta stop. We gotta, Do you want to breathe for a minute? Do you want to breathe? <laughs> Dude, here's the funniest part, though. Uh, I swore after, I, like I said, to my birthday this weekend, and I said that uh, my new uh, thing here is going to be until the summer, I'm not going to drink any beer. Okay. No beer until the summer. I'm drinking? Yeah, I, but I just said beer. That's all I said. <laughs> I went a little too far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, just, just, just no beer. That's the plan. <laughs> so uh, that's because here's the thing. I'll drink enough beer to... Uh, uh, you know, to have enough calories for a small third world country. I mean, I, I was drinking beers all night last night and I probably had 16 of them. And, what do you, you drink? know, each, what do you drink though? You know, I wasn't picky. I think last night I was doing, uh, I think last night I was doing Sam Adams. Uh, and so then I, we were doing a little yingling. I love it. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, simple stuff, but you know, cause here's the thing. I, I'm not a big IPA guy, man. Cause especially here where I live, where it, it's, it's, we're having this brewery just, just blow up everywhere. Uh, all these IPAs, you'll drink one. And they're so fucking hoppy that yeah. you want to go drink a beer after you're done because you're so thirsty now. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. People ask me all the time, what, what, what's your favorite beer? And I'm like, you know what, man? I fucking love Budweiser. Yeah, <laughs> there you go, right? Sometimes I just want to love Budweiser. A Budweiser or a Yangling. And I, yep. I cook a lot with Yangling and Bud as well. But I just, I like them. They've got, they've got the good flavor. I feel comfortable. And not only that, this is the famous Budweiser beer. We know of no other brand produced by the Brew. It's cost so much. Brew and A's are exclusive beats with aging produced the smoothest of taste and drinkability. You'll find a no other beer at any price, motherfucker. That's wow. on the front of the label. Wow, that was impressive. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Uh, so yeah, no beer for me till the summer. I'm taking a beer break. Uh, my favorite, absolute favorite beer in the world. Uh, is made by a company called Montauk Brewing Company. It's, it's amazing what they do. Uh, they get all their grains locally. Once they're spent after they brew, they send them back to this farm where the pigs eat them. And it kind of gets all recycled. They're cans oh, I like made that. recycled cans. Oh, it's amazing what they do, brother. Do you know uh, Sam yeah. Adams does that? Uh, I didn't know they did that, do they? Sam Adams, I worked with a farm up in Redding, Pennsylvania called okay. Douglas and Shaner Farms. This guy had about 5,000 acres, 10 different paddocks that he worked off of. He rotated his cattle all the time. Samuel Adams would donate to them spent grains and old beer. 
So what they would do is they would, when they would, when they would uh, basically water the paddocks, they would take these tractor trailers and they would take a gallon of beer to every five gallons of water and they would actually spray the fields with it. So the food, so the, the grass that the cattle are eating is now basically have this beer, this, this beer component to it. And uh, they did a lot of it and they would get the spent grains from them. They would get the spent, uh, uh, the mustard seeds. Okay. So like after they pressed everything through the 12, 14, 15 times that they would to make mustard with it, they would take all of that leftover product from it and they would mix that with the beer and then spread it out in, into the fields. Wow. That's yeah, pretty but, awesome, but, man. But they would take, so let's say that Sam Adams has their summer fest or whatever their beer is that's coming out. Sure. The, so let's say it's Oktoberfest. Okay. And we're now rolling into December, January. The Oktoberfest is gone. They're not using it anymore because now they're going into their, their spring beer or whatever it is. All the leftover beer that they have, they would actually deliver it more or less to these farms and the farmers could utilize it, wow. which I think is brilliant. I think yeah. it's fucking brilliant. I mean, that's, so. that's awesome. I mean, that's a great way. It, it, it is. That's awesome. That's, I had no idea Sam Adams did that, man. Yes. Um, yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know how many farms they do it with. I just know that it was the one farm that I dealt with and he was a fully, he said he could have been, he almost went organic, but one of the things that was happening with the organic process for him to become certified was he had to change out every single one of his fence posts. Wow. He was holding in 5,000 acres of cattle fields. Because of like they're said, treated or something, treated, treated wood or something like that? Exactly, because they're fucking treated. And he yeah. said on top of that, that his treated wood lasts him, lasts him for, I think it was like 12 to 15 years or whatever it was, but right. untreated would last him for roughly a year. Yeah, and that's, that's, a, that's too many posts. I mean, you got to think about how much work that would be to have to replace them constantly and the money involved in doing that. It's wild. Yeah, that's too much, man. It's too much. It's too much. You know. So, I don't know. so what's going on? For, what's move going on moving forward for you? Where, where, yeah. Where, what are you doing? Uh, besides so, not drinking. And hold on, hold on. So you're not drinking beer. So what are you going to drink? You know, I'm going to do a little. I'm going to try to get down with a little vodka and like soda water or a little vodka soda water and lime. I've been doing uh, um, uh, it's like a, it's it's almost like a you know vodka and ginger beer, but I've been okay. doing diet ginger beer. Um, okay. to try to watch my girlish figure. So I'm, I'm trying to get down. It's, it's mainly about the calories right now more than anything else, because ever right. since I've turned like, you know, once I went, once I went past 35, you know, like I said, it was really, I'm, I'm feeling it. You know, I'm, I'm feeling like, like my ankle hurts right now. Why is my ankle hurt? I don't know. <laughs> what the hell? I didn't do anything. What just hurts? What did I do? What did I, do? I don't know. Did I sleep like, like, yeah. And like where my, my forearm hurts. And I'm like, why? <laughs> I don't know. Why is that supposed to hurt? What the hell's wrong with me? My but, wrist hurts. Why? Because I text too much. I think it might be from the Fitbit. It's too much weight. Ah, oh, dude, hold yeah. on. Careful. Don't, no, don't, don't. What am I? What am I? Uh, I've, walked, I've moved 98 times, dude. My heart rate is 73. Oh, okay. Wait, we got to breathe here a little bit. Let's in, in, two, three, oh, out, two, mm, three. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll tell you, it, it's exciting, man. We're getting into the really fun time of year. It's uh, starting first is festival season, of course, New York Hot Sauce Festival. I'm a judge for Bacon and Beer Classic. I judge that event. Such fun stuff, but uh, more importantly, we just got another deal for our uh, for Restaurant Road Trip. It's a show that I host here in Connecticut and really, really a lot of fun. One of my favorite things I've ever been a part of. Uh, they just presented a whole new plan to go the rest of the year. We were working on a 13-episode like episode thing. Now they want to go the rest of the year, which is great. Um, nice. We got, Congratulations. We got, yeah, thanks, man. We're excited about it. We got reached out to by a Canadian company uh, about possibly doing road trip up there, uh, which is pretty fun. 
So we'll see what happens with it, man. But for me, it's all about just getting ready for this fun season of festivals, cooking some great food and, and just hanging out with great guys like yourself, man. That's my plan. Well, we should do, uh, you know, I've got a pretty cool core group of people that I work with. I've got a yeah. really good group of seven different people, one one girl and and six guys. And we have a really good relationship. And we all play around. I'd love to throw you in the mix for some stuff. It'd be a lot of fun, dude. Oh, dude, um, you, you got my number, man. Anytime. Yeah. I'd love to come to it, man. I'd love to have a lot of fun. I love to cook great food. And uh, mm -hmm. there's nothing fun than, than that, than doing it with fun people, you know? So here's something that I kind of end with that I'm that I'm starting to end with, especially when I talk to chefs. So um, five really quick questions. Best night you've ever had in a restaurant. What was it? Best night I ever had in a restaurant. Uh, I did. I'm going to tell you it was last night. I had the most amazing time at Mohegan, dude. We were uh, at our own personal blackjack table, our own little private room with all kinds of food. It was just amazing, man. It really, 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 really was good. Uh, but just a caveat to that, there's an amazing restaurant called um, The Engine Room in uh, Mystic, Connecticut. And uh, these guys, uh, they do everything. They're, they're, uh, they, they open their own butcher shops so they can start getting all of their own local meats. And wow. uh, everything they do is from scratch, from bottom up. They're doing it all the right way. The food is delicious. The drinks are delicious. The atmosphere is unbelievable but it's not so pretentious. You can walk in there and still get an amazing burger if you want. I love okay. places like that. So uh, those two are pretty close, man. Those are pretty close. Have you, so have you been to the Daniel Pickett? Uh, the, the Daniel Pickett or the Daniel yeah, Packer? It's in Miss Daniel. What is it? Daniel what? Daniel Packer Inn, right? Yes. I almost, yes. Uh, I, we almost set that place on fire. Yes. Uh, so a buddy of mine was a chef there for a very long time. And I highly recommend you go see the episode of Restaurant Road Trip we did there. You can find it on Facebook, Restaurant Road Trip on Facebook. <laughs> nice. Uh, and Daniel Packer. And we actually submitted that episode for the Emmys this year, which is pretty fun. Oh, cool, um, dude. It's incredibly haunted. So it's haunted by a seven-year-old girl named Ada. You can, she died of red fever. There's all this research they've done. You can find They have found pictures of her and everything. She died in the building. Well, wow. dude, everybody who works there has seen her. They've all yeah. seen her. They've all heard her laughing. Uh, they've always seen like the back of her walking away. Uh, it's insane, right? So we did the episode there and, I'm, and one of my youngest daughters, is, she was six years old at the time. We had her wear a white dress uh, and then we actually kind of imposed oh it to be God. like lightly white and black and white and a little bit tinge of green on her. So when you watch the episode, you would just see her walk by in the background every now and then. And, oh my uh, God. It's pretty dope, dude. It's freaking <laughs> dope. And at the very end, she ends up throwing me in the water, which is pretty cool. We have, we have a restaurant down here. It's, it's no longer a restaurant. It's now a Shabbat center. <clears throat> but um, it was called the General Wayne Inn. Okay. And the General Wayne Inn was haunted for years. And it was the most continuously run inn in the country wow. for whatever. This is where uh, George Washington stayed here. The Hessian soldiers stayed there. So they say that it is haunted by right. Hessian soldiers. And so when you walk in, there was, there was a, they did like a, <clears throat> you know, whatever, uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not, or something yeah. like that in this space, and they would they would talk about the fact that uh, like women would be sitting at the bar and they would feel like a cold breath of air on their neck, dude. Like that's sick. Was around them, and you the lights would go off in different rooms and all that. But the weird part of this story is there was two guys that worked there, Guy Saleo and Jim Webb. Jim Webb, Webb was a great chef. Guy Saleo was a great chef as well. Guy shot Jim in the back of the head on the no. third floor of the building. Guy wow. is in jail with, do you remember the name? Does the name Ira Einhorn mean anything to you? Ira. No, it doesn't, but it's a great Ira name. Ira Einhorn was a guy in the 70s who killed a bunch of women and was extradited back to the States, uh, whatever, 10 years ago, 12 years ago. And he's in Greaterford Prison in the same cell block as Guy Saleo. 
No way. And yeah, Guy borrowed a whole bunch of money from his father and apparently the restaurant was doing shit. So he shot him in the back of the head while they were in the office with like a fucking 22 one night. His wow. girlfriend, a chick that he was banging, not his wife, a chick that he was banging, uh, ended up killing herself over this whole thing. Like oh it was God. a fucked up story, but uh, yeah, wow. weird stuff. So, okay. So worst rest, worst Worst night of service you've ever had. Oh man, worst night. I don't want to name any restaurants, dude. That's fine. Don't do it. Um, worst night of service. Probably 2005. I wow. was in. Um, God, worst night. Is that does that count? Was that was that that bad? It's tough, man. Because when it's really bad, I'll leave. I swear to God, I'll leave. I, I just service is so important, such an important thing to me. I think but I'm saying, service. I'm saying for you as a chef, like you being. Oh, for me working, like worst night for me. You. Oh, dude, yeah, I got one of them. Mother's Day, 2005, Daytona Beach, Florida. Uh, <laughs> I'm stuck on the pass. I'm running an expo all day long. Chef, sous chef, line cook. Where were you? I was the executive sous chef at this place. Okay. Uh, but the chef never really worked. It was like a corporate thing. Right. So it's my kitchen basically. Sure. And, and I worked all, I mean, I was there from, it, it must've been 7 a.m. to probably one in the morning and I'm on expo whole time. I'm calling tickets to pass all the time and I'm there because nobody else could do it. They'd never done that kind of volume before. And bro, it was awful. I had a guy who was working our pasta station, got hot at me because he wasn't doing, he wasn't, he was fucking up and, and yeah. I called him on it. He gets pissed and walks out. <laughs> Maybe not the best time to call somebody on something. Yeah. walks out. I mean, dude, we're on the floor. I mean, we are on the floor. We got paper stacked up everywhere. I mean, it's it's not good. It's not good. And uh, but you have to get through it. And and uh, I ended up trying to go work that station. The second I went over there, Expo falls apart. I have to go back to Expo. So basically, what ended up happening was the general manager was working the pasta station for like until it got crazy busy. Then we have to switch up and he would run the expo. Then he would go down on expo and we'd switch. He'd go back to pasta. Then he'd right. go down on pasta and I'd go back to pasta and I'd work. He'd go back to expo. It just kept going back and forth what was going down. It was whoever went down in flames, we switched up and bro, it was the longest fucking day ever. I don't mind a long day. I'll do a long day. I don't mind it. But yeah. doing a long day when it's just taking it nonstop and they're not, they're just going in dry. They're just going to go hard, fast. No one's even, there's no lube. It's awful. You're just, it. just going in. You got to take it. Oh, you're just yeah. taking it. And then they, the next day they called me because they were busy for dinner. I was off the next day. They called me to come in because they couldn't handle the expo service. It was it was just, it was a mess. I stayed there for a year. <laughs> uh, I was like, you fucking people got to be kidding me. And then yelled at me about the pants I was wearing because I was wearing check pants <clears> and they, they were black pants. Oh. I'm like, are you, are you serious? Really? <laughs> <laughs> Do we want to discuss yesterday? This is what you want to uh, talk about right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is what's on your mind? Uh, uh so what's so what's going on for you? So you're 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 getting ready. You're gearing up towards the summer. You got yeah. your stuff. How many more? And then are you? How often are you guys taping for the road show? Yeah. So we are uh, we are on. Uh, we take a little break for about a month. We're back shooting next month, um, and we'll shoot. Uh, we generally try to shoot one week off a week, shoot a week off a week, and you know we'll shoot four episodes or so in that time frame. Uh, you know, so we, they air every week. We try to give a little breathing space for editing time there. So it just really depends. So we have that. I got asked to do a bunch of stuff for uh, the Connecticut Board of Tourism. Uh, nice. There's a project also in the works for Mohegan that we might do some more, some more work for. So we were telling um, me about that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's cool, man. And like, I've decided that I really, you know, I love where I live. I love everything about this place. I never thought I would, but I do. And I have no problem, you know, coming in here and being that guy, being the chef in this state. We have some great chefs here, Tyler Anderson, uh, 
Daniel Miser, uh, Bill Tabey, some amazing, amazing, really, really good chefs in the state. But uh, you know, I hope that doing what I can do can help shed light on those guys more, as well as others in our state. And it, that's that's uh, I love it. It's so I really do. I just uh, I'm living the dream, brother. I'm serious. That sounds so dumb to say, but it's the truth. I have a beautiful nice. wife, great kids. Love what I'm doing right now. I just yeah, it's it's awesome. Well, good man. Um, all right. Well, I can't. We that's that's the best way to end is right there. There you go. I love it. That's I love perfect. it, dude. Well, thanks for so, having me, man. I really appreciate it. No, man, it's my pleasure. We uh, we we had some fun, and and we had, I had some fun talking to you last time. And and uh, dude, Connecticut, when I got up there, and it was like five of ten, and I walked <laughs> over and I sat down. It's you. It's it's your other buddy, and it's uh 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 Chaney. Chaney. Island, yeah, yeah. Chaney, yeah, she's awesome, dude. Dude, she's a beast. She's a we've been chatting. She's she's really awesome. She's a lot of fun. We've yeah. we've had some fun conversations. So she's really cool, man. She's a, she's a beast in the business, man. We got some other events coming up too, man. I'll tell you about maybe get you involved in a big charity event coming up here soon. So yeah, let me know, dude. I've, I'd love to get up there. I'd love to play with you. And uh, yeah. I, I love. I called my buddy Friday Saturday night. I was bored as shit. And I oh, called man. him like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I'm getting my ass handed to me right now." I'm like, <laughs> "I am sitting on my fucking couch, dude." No, I'm sitting on my couch. Let me come over. And he's like, no, no, I'll be all right. And I'm like, I'm telling you right now, I'm fine. I want to come and cook with you. And he's like, no, 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 no. And I think, I think he thought I was going to charge him. Right. Exactly. I just wanted thought. to fucking cook. <laughs> Damn. I just wanted to go and play. I want to pull somebody out of the weeds for a little while. Cause I love doing that. So it's fun to do it. And it is fun that you come in. It's like, you might as well pull the S on your shirt and get all, Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> it's pretty badass. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, thanks for everything. I appreciate it. And I'll keep in touch over the next couple of weeks and let's try to hook up and get something going on. All right. No doubt about it. I just emailed you that episode of road trip, man. Check it out and see what you think. All right. I will. Thanks dude. All right, dude. I appreciate it, brother. Take care. Here's you too. Bye-bye. Thanks guys. And you wonder why I like to talk to chefs. It's uh, guys like that right there that, uh, that are, are, that I'm, that I'm big about. I really try to have as much fun with, uh, with guys and try to get as much information out of them as we can. And, Look, and a lot of times with chefs, it ends up being war stories. There's nothing wrong with those. They're fun. Um, I, uh, you know, this is a long episode. I'm sorry. We went about an hour and a half. So I'm going to kind of, I'm going to kind of clear it up right now. We are uh, Duffified Live. Go get us on iTunes and, uh, you know, rate us. Give us a little bit of feedback on it. We love that stuff. Give us a couple stars if you have to. Tell people about the show. That's what we like. Um, I want to say thank you to uh, the three people that uh, mean a tremendous amount to me, the guys down at RadioInfluence.com who do an amazing job every single week with putting this together. We also want to thank Maggie Gagliardi for her tremendous talent and uh, just her wonderful disposition about her. She's a great chick. Go check her out at Mag's Art, M-A-G-Z-A-R-T. Definitely thank Michelle out there at Techno Solutions for all of her fun. My name is Chef Brian Duffy. Find me on Instagram and Twitter at Chef Brian Duff. Get over there right now. Go to, sub- go to subscribe to YouTube, to the Bar Crashers. I will see you nightclub and bar show in las vegas this year have some fun bye-bye didn't get duffified enough follow chef brian duffy on facebook and on twitter at chef b-r-i-d-u-f-f look for the blue verified check mark to get exclusive content and to see what's coming up on next week's show this has been duffified live with chef brian duffy on radio influence